it's wonderful to be able to share with you on this Pentecost Sunday. And I want to talk to you a little bit about power. And I don't know about you, but I get tired. I've got tired in this last season. It's like Zoom tiredness. And, you know, I've seen articles written on it on how, how doing too many video calls can, can affect you in a certain way. But, you know, we all get tired for many reasons. Maybe you've got small children and that's tiring. Maybe um, you've got a lot of things to do. Maybe maybe you're struggling and a little bit low and, and that can make you tired. Maybe just being out of routine has made you tired. You know, there are many reasons why we can feel tired. But, um, you know, there's things that we do then when we're tired. We drink a lot of coffee or maybe some people drink a lot of wine. We 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 go shopping and we get a fix to, to give us a boost and to lift us up. We, we try and connect with relationships and, and hope they make us feel better. And it, and it gives us a boost and helps us feel better. It gives us a bit of power. And, you know, that that's not a bad thing. But if that's what we're relying on to, to lift us and to boost us and to give us some power and energy in our lives, then it's not sustainable. And I want to talk to you this morning about a sustainable power that you can access, that can be a part of your life and that can be life transforming. So this morning you may be watching, you may be a Christian, you're going to get this, you're going to, you're going to know some of this. This morning you may be not watching and you're not a Christian, you, you, you're wondering and you're asking questions. There is power in faith and belief in Christianity that you can access and that you can have that can help you on your journey. And you know, it doesn't mean things will be okay. It doesn't mean everything will be wonderful, but it means that there is sustainability to help you through, to give you energy, to keep you going, to provide for you, to fill you up when you are struggling and when things get difficult at times. Let's look at what the Bible says. So I'm going to read to you from Acts and this part of the Bible is following on from the Gospels where we hear about the story of Jesus's life and his death and then his resurrection and then it goes straight into Acts and Acts begins to tell us what happens after Jesus has died, has been resurrected from the dead and then he's gone up to heaven and we, we join the story in Acts where the disciples are all sitting together and doing what Jesus has told them to do, to wait. So Acts 2 verses 1 to 4 in the New King James Version says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to the there appeared to them dividing tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So let's just look at this backstory of what's going on here. Pentecost was one of the three pilgrim festivals in the Jewish calendar and the three festivals were Passover, which is when we saw Jesus died, which is our Easter. But the Jews celebrated Passover and it happens in early spring. Another festival where the, they will go to Jerusalem, there's a pilgrimage, pilgrimage there's a journey, is um, the Feast of Tabernacles, which takes place in the late autumn. And then there is Pentecost, which is also called the Feast of Harvest. And that happens in late spring. And the reason that they also called it Pentecost is it happened 50 days after the Passover. So pent meaning 50, happened 50 days after. So it was almost like it was supposed to be called the Feast of Harvest, but they like to call it Pentecost instead. Um, and 
let's you can read about that in Exodus 23:16 where it talks about those different festivals those ones where people went on a journey and they all went to Jerusalem and all had to gather there together and you know at the time of Pentecost when Acts is written there would have been a lot of people in Jerusalem when Passover took place and when the feast of tabernacles took place there were times of year where the weather probably wasn't great and you would have had people coming from Israel into Jerusalem to celebrate those festivals but you probably wouldn't have had people from further afield from other countries coming to travel Jews who were perhaps living elsewhere in in the then known world in the Roman world wouldn't have really come in and traveled but for for Pentecost for that feast of harvest they would have come in because it was late spring the weather was better and transport would have been better at that time of year would have been safer for them so they would have traveled in from many places so you've got to imagine the picture of what's going on this is the ultimate time if you want to get something some information out if you want to get the word out about something magnificent This is the festival to share it at because you've not just got people from Jerusalem, you've not just got people from Israel, but you've got people travelling in from other nations coming to celebrate that festival as, as the Bible in Exodus asked them to do. But before we do that, I want to look and go back a little bit and see that the power that came at Pentecost was actually an effect of something that was going on prior to and something that was happening, I believe, within the disciples. And the first thing I want to say to you this morning is that there's power in the waiting. It said when Pentecost had fully come. Now, Jesus had died, he'd rose again and he descended up into heaven. And that was about 10 days prior to when Pentecost happened. And for those 10 days, Jesus had gone, he descended to heaven. And the last thing that he'd said to the disciples is go and wait in Jerusalem. And so that's what they'd done. They'd been waiting about 10 days. Waiting a couple of days is a long time when you're not quite sure how long you've got to wait for something. I don't know about you, but if someone tells you go and wait and you've got to wait for this amount of time, it gives you almost a peace and an assurance and you know, for those control freaks among us, me being one of them, I, I like that. I like to know time frames. And there are many things in life that just don't have a time frame. I remember being pregnant with Olivia. And when I'd had Grace, our oldest daughter, um, she'd been breached. So I'd had to have an elective section, which meant they gave me a date and said, on this date, you'll come into hospital and we will do a section and, and Grace will be born. Really? But with Olivia, No. And I waited and I got up to my due date and and then I waited a bit longer and then I waited a bit longer. It just didn't work for me because I like to know and I like to plan and I like to put things in place. But in the waiting, there is something to learn. And I believe that that's what caused the power that then came on Pentecost, which we're going to look at a little bit later. It says in verse one that they were all in one accord. That means they were all together. They were in unity. They were in agreement with each other and they were in one place. We have to understand the significance of this. These disciples who would fall out with each other because they all wanted to be the greatest, who would murmur and complain because they, they, they wanted to be Jesus' favourite and they didn't like the fact that, well, why, why are you telling that to him? And why are you looking after him like that? And why does that happen to him? What about me? They, they all bullied for the right position and for the closest position to Jesus they'd certainly not been in one accord and yet in Acts 2 verse 1 we read that they're in one accord what had happened what had happened to bring that about we also read that they're in one place now when Jesus died on the cross it says in the bible that the disciples were scattered 
They went everywhere. They were all over the place. We also read that when Jesus appeared to them after his resurrection, that not all of them were always there. So they were still scattered in parts. Some of them were together, but not all of them were together. And they came at different times and met with Jesus after his resurrection at different times and had that encounter. And so we find a group of people who had fallen out with each other, who had separated from each other when trouble came. And yet we suddenly find them in one accord and in one place. So what had happened? In the fear and in the despair of the crucifixion and the consequences of that until they realised that, wow, Jesus is risen from the dead. It all makes sense. Why didn't I get it before? But in the pain and the despair and the fear and the trouble that went along with that, they suddenly were able to find something in Jesus being resurrected from the dead and him appearing to them and talking to them and putting an arm around them and saying, I know you got it wrong. I know it was difficult. I know you said things that you didn't mean. Come back to me. Let's go again. Let's try again. In that waiting in that time of Jesus pulling people back in and reinstating them they found that they could be in one accord that they didn't have to jostle jostle for for position anymore they didn't have to run away when they were scared anymore but they could stay together in one accord and in one place and that unity it says in Psalm 133 that where we dwell together in unity then God commands the blessing so that's what we see we see the disciples together in unity and suddenly that from that place God commands a blessing the biggest problem we face is we hate the waiting we hate what we learn in the waiting and and I'm just as guilty as this as, as the rest of you I'm sure maybe worse than some of you maybe some of you enjoy waiting I know Paul enjoys just standing in a queue and waiting in the shop whereas I'm like oh, I'm uncomfortable I'm, I've just got a lot of energy I want to get on I've got a tick list of things I need to do today I just I don't want to wait I don't want to learn what I wanted to learn in the waiting I just want let me just get on and take everything off my list and then I'll be at peace but God wants to teach us in the waiting and I'm learning I'm no expert at this, but I understand the concept of it and I understand what God is continually trying to show me and help me to develop in my life. And as I journey on this, I want to help you to journey on this too. You don't, I don't know about you, but when I was at school, I used to enjoy running. Not long distance running, that wasn't my thing. I'd got no stamina for it. But I could do a sprint, I could do the hurdles. I used to enjoy it. I would stand at the beginning and you and you sort of get yourself in position, get down on the floor and, and they would say, ready, And I'm like, I'm ready, say go. And then they say this, they say, steady. What's the steady for? Just say go. I don't want to wait. I just, I'm saying steady so I know to get down on the floor and and then just leave the steady out. Just say the go. But the reason they say it is this. The ready is so you can prepare yourself. Okay, I'm prepared that something's going to happen. Jesus had said to the disciples, wait in Jerusalem and I'll send the Holy Spirit to you. I'll send this power from on high. I'll send the comforter to be with you. I'll send the one to equip you. And he was preparing them and telling them that that was going to happen. And then he'd said that and and then they waited all these 10 days before they got the go where they can go. So they they were on set. Ready, set go they were stuck on set for 10 days for me it would have been my worst nightmare I know when I used to start my race I was like I'm ready I'm ready to go don't say set I'm just ready now when you watch the professional professional runners they don't actually move their position they get themselves ready when they say set that's when they lift themselves up it's about positioning 
And this is what we need to learn in the waiting. Yes, we get ready. We prepare ourselves. What's God going to do? God, speak to me. God, help me. God, talk to me. You know, maybe you're listening today and you're not a Christian and you're like, wow, I don't really quite know about this. You're ready because you're listening. You've got questions. You're wondering. It's this set. Position yourself to find out more. Position yourself by by joining an alpha course. Position yourself by clicking on our link on our website that says, I want to become a Christian. You may not be at that point yet, but somebody could get in touch with you and talk you through some of your questions that you've got. We would love to help you. It's about positioning yourself. And when you're positioned, then you're ready to go. Because if you're just preparing... And someone says go, you're not quite ready to go. And other people will hit the mark and will run the race and get to the end before you. But if, we, if we're preparing ourselves and then we take that time of waiting where we position ourselves and we wait for it. And, and, and our focus is where we're going. And nothing else is surrounding us or infiltrating our thinking. But we are prepared and we are ready to go because we're positioned in the best position to be able to move forward. The disciples were positioned in the best position to be able to move forward. One, because it was the time where everybody was there for Pentecost. You couldn't have had a better time to be able to share the good news of Jesus like they went on to do. Because there were so many people there, not just from Jerusalem, not just from Israel, but from around the known world in Roman times. Everybody was in Jerusalem and they were ready for that because they prepared themselves. They were in one accord and in one place. There was unity. They were strung together. They were with each other. They were for each other. They were helping each other. They were comforting each other. They were excited together for what God was going to do. Prepare yourself. Be prepared for what God's going to do. Don't just sit there thinking, oh, well, I'll just... I'm just doing whatever and just taking the time and it'll be all right. And spend your time preparing in the waiting for what God has got for you, for that relationship that he wants to start with you, for the things that he's got for you to do. Get prepared in the waiting and position yourself so you're ready to go when he gives you that calling. I just think it's amazing that togetherness and unity opened a doorway for power beyond anything any of them have ever known or understand so what helps us in that that there's power in the holy spirit there's power in holy spirit you know when we read through it in acts it says there was a sound like a rushing of wind and then fire came and then they spoke in a strange language but then when they actually did that when they went outside and spoke in that strange language it actually wasn't strange to the people who were there who'd come from other countries who spoke different languages and suddenly found these uneducated Jews talking to them in their mother tongue God knew that those people would be there. God knew that the disciples could only speak one language probably. Maybe they could speak, you know, a second language, but couldn't speak all these many languages that had come in to Jerusalem at that time to celebrate Pentecost. But the Holy Spirit knew those languages, provided them with it, and as he filled them, he gave them the power to be able to communicate with all those people and share the good news that Jesus died, he rose again, is in heaven, and we have forgiveness of sins and we can have eternal life because of him. The Holy Spirit brought that power and we saw an amazing change because of it and a fantastic outcome. 3,000 people said, 
I want to follow this Jesus. This morning, if you want to follow this Jesus, if you're listening on church online, click on the, the salvation link and someone would love to get in touch with you and talk to you more. We also see that this power from the Holy Spirit brought knowledge, brought qualifications that the disciples just didn't have in their own strength and this great ability to speak and also speak in languages that they just didn't know because of the power that came from the Holy Spirit. And that power is, is available for us today. All you have to do is ask God, fill me with your spirit. God, equip me. God, give me everything I need for this season so I can help and support and share your good news with other people. You know, we see life transforming power. We see destiny rewriting power. We see future defining because of this power that the the Holy Spirit brings. You know, history was rerouted on that day. It completely changed direction because all of a sudden there was a way to heaven. All of a sudden there was someone who provided a way and his name was Jesus. And he came by the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us, to fill us and to give us everything we need. So we can declare that Jesus is Lord, that we can declare that he is good and that he is faithful. And if you believe that this morning, then that is amazing. Keep asking him into your life. If you don't know that today, then begin that journey. Ask some questions, get in touch with us. We would love to talk with you. God would love to meet with you and encounter you and you know sometimes it can seem a little bit scary and a bit like well it just feels a bit out of control and I don't know whether I want that in my life can I say to you God is a gentleman and God loves you and would never do anything that you're uncomfortable with But can I also say to you from personal experience, the best thing that you can do is let Jesus into your life and allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and overflow from you because it does things in you that you just can't do on your own. And it allows you to do things that you thought I would never do that or I'd never be able to do that without the power and the confidence and the peace that the Holy Spirit gives me. There's power in Holy Spirit. And the last thing I want to say to you this morning is there's power in us. You know, when the Holy Spirit connects in us, connects to us because we're in relationship with God, he can be the source of our comfort. He can bring peace to us. He can empower us and he can bring refreshing to us. I don't know about you, but I need some refreshing in these seasons. I need God to refresh me and to fill me up again where things are draining me and taking from me and pulling from me. That he can fill me again with his power and with his spirit and with his love and with his goodness and with everything I need to do everything he's calling me to do. You know, but we have to realise if that power is in us, we have to realise you can never have enough of God. You can never get enough of God in you. God is amazing and big and powerful, but we leak. We, we leak. We leak God. It, it, it either comes out of us because we're giving out or it just comes out of us because we just, we've got holes in us and we're not perfect and, and we can't hold on to it. So we have to keep saying to God, God, fill me again. God, Holy Spirit, come and pour into me again. Come and equip me again. Come and empower me again. Come and give me more again. It's like having a baby. You give the baby the milk and that's wonderful and then they'll have a sleep or they'll do something else or they'll have a little play if they're a bit older but that's not it that's not the end of it a few hours later you're going to know about it that baby's going to want some more milk again that toddler's going to want some more food again and they're going to let you know about it in the same way we need some filling up with God again we need some food some substance some meat within us some milk within us to fill us and and to equip us and to, to give us the energy to go and to keep going in our jobs or in our family lives whatever we are doing ask God to fill you again you can never get enough of him you can never ask him enough keep asking him ask him daily ask him hourly ask him every minute if you need to 
The other thing I want to say to you is this, it's not just for us. Sometimes we can get so caught up with basking in God and in the Holy Spirit and thinking, oh, this is wonderful and fill me up, God, and I just want more of you. But it's not just for you. It's about sharing it. You know, we learn that from Acts. It wasn't just for the disciples. They didn't stay in that room and just all sit down and go, wow, this is amazing. They went outside. When you read on in Acts 2, they went outside and they shared that good news. They shared what Jesus had done for them and they kept sharing. People were healed. People people started that relationship with Jesus. We call it getting saved. And, and, and they began to do that because they knew it wasn't just a personal thing. The Holy Spirit is not just a personal thing for you, but it's actually an equipping of you so that you can share it communally. So that it's, it's for all the nations. It's not just for our nation or for people who look or, or behave a certain way. It's for all people in all nations. And God showed us that by choosing Pentecost as the time to send his spirit so that we see that there are people there from all over the known world at the time. God wants the power in us to reach out, to be far reaching into all the nations, into all peoples, no matter who they are or what they've done or what they look like. God wants them to know that Jesus died on the cross for them, rose from the dead, has forgiven their sins and that he wants to begin a relationship with them, with you and fill you with the spirit to equip you and restore you and heal you and help you to move forward. You've got to share the benefits of the Holy Spirit with others. You know, it's not just for you. It's not about your own pursuits. But what are God's pursuits for your life? What is God calling you to do and be in this season of your life? It's not about, well, I can do this and I can fill my time with this. No, what is God saying? Where is God calling you to be? It's about that ready, set, go. Position yourself for what God wants you to do, what he's calling you to do, what he's inviting you to do so that you're ready for it, so that you've heard it, so that you've prepared yourself, so that you're set, so that it can say, go, do it now. Reach those people now. Share some kindness now. Support those people now start that relationship with me now God is calling us not about looking just at ourselves but looking about what he is doing in this season what he wants to partner with us with in this season and what the Holy Spirit by his power in us can equip us and help us to do in this season so I want to conclude with this God wants to empower you, equip you, fill you and be in relationship with you. And if that's your first time, then like I've said, we would love to talk to you more. Please get in touch with us. You know, and if you've known God for a long time, keep inviting him in. There is more than enough in God for you. He is the God of more than enough. Keep asking for more. Be greedy about asking for more of his spirit and more of him in your life. He loves you. He wants to equip you. He wants to empower you. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for this Pentecost Sunday. God, and we pray that your Holy Spirit would meet us right where we are right now, that you would you would fill us, that you would empower us, that you would equip us, that you would comfort us, that you would bring your peace and your refreshing to our lives. I ask that where people are sitting right now, that you would flood them and fill them. For those who don't know you, that they would consider beginning that journey with you, Father God. God, and I just pray that you would be with us, that you would help us, that you would help us in the waiting and that you would help us when we're not waiting that you would be our support and constant guide in Jesus name amen